Jogu the Magic Dragon and Jubilee frolicked in the other world with Captain Britain and Remy. <laughs> Welcome to episode 61 of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's the middle of December 2019 and we'll be discussing new comics, chatting with a special guest, and celebrating the end of the year and the decade. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is my golden girl, Patty. Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com, leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast, follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. It's your last chance to leave us a review and follow us on social media this decade. Before you know it, it's going to be the Roaring Twenties. And you'll all be too busy dancing to jazz and sneaking into speakeasies and wearing your cloche hats. I know what that is. And shit, but then boom, Great Depression. Yeah, you're going to be greatly depressed for not reviewing us or following us on social media this year. And speaking of year, if you hate cursing in year, then this isn't the podcast for you. Sorry, we curse like a couple of motherfuckers, year. Fucks and pussies and cocks in rear. There's your explicit content warning. You, you buccaneer. Yeah, yeah, sorry guys, I tried with that last one. Yeah, I had to look up uh, fashion in the 1920s to learn what a cloche hat is. I'm you, glad you did. Do you know what a cloche hat is? I do not. It's my favorite word now. I'm going to try to incorporate that into all the comics we're talking about. Just like I've been incorporating the word goons or goon into into all the comics we talk about. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I know what to get you for Christmas then. A cloche goon? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So how you doing, Patty? I'm good. Yeah? How's your halls? It's good. I'm yeah. decking them halls. <laughs> Deck them right in their stupid faces. Whoa, whoa. Whoa. Whoa, whoa. Okay. So uh, we watched a movie. We watched, uh, we watched Us today? Yes, we did. And by Us, I don't mean Us. We watched ourselves. We watched the, the Jordan Peele movie, Us. It was uh, it was a very dark movie. I was not expecting it to be as twisted as it was for some reason, even though I knew it was a horror movie. But but there and you go. And we saw the other one. But the, get out. Get out. We saw that one. So you get knew. Out. Get out. Okay. <laughs> but spoilers for those of you who haven't seen us. There are bunny rabbits in that movie. There are. They don't get hurt though, so it's fine. Yeah. And yeah, no bunnies get hurt. There's yeah. lots of hopping bunnies. Yeah, they're cute. Yeah, they're very cute. All right. Okay, so we do have new comics that we're going to be talking about, and the first one we're going to talk about is Excalibur, number three, and uh, and I like this issue. I thought it was okay. It's pretty good, kind of middle of the road. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, it was all right. All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, like, so the thing is, is, like, we, we've stated before, or at least I've stated before, that the classic volumes of Excalibur I'm not really familiar with. Um, so, you know, I mean, I'm sure that there are maybe some nods or some other ties into what has been done in the past that I just may be missing, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, I'm not just automatically invested as if like, like, oh, if this were like a new generation X book or something, you know, or like new mutants or something like that. But I really 
didn't like the first issue, and we talked about it on the show. Yeah, um, issue two was meh. It was just, you know, the others were better, and I didn't really care too much. But things are starting to tie together, in, uh, in, at least by this issue, and so I thought it was, it was pretty good. Uh, it opens really great. They want, you know, fucking prude-ass lobbyists that want regulations on all the fucking Krakoa gates because everybody's jumping in nude. That's dope. Why, though? Why not? It's all know. getting back to nature. You know, like those hippies do that. Getting back to nature, you know, burning bras and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. This is like taking bra burning to the next step. It's just fucking burn all your clothes. Well, I guess they they <laughs> do it because the humans can't, like, follow them in and arrest them, so. Yeah. If you can, why not? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you guys out there, and I don't know about you, Patty, but. You're all born naked and the rest is dressed. That's what I'm saying. Like, if I could, I would just, I would, we all want to be naked all the time. All right, let's just be clear here. The only thing that is keeping my clothes on right now is society. And Krakoa is saying, fuck society. So if I could throw off all my clothes and run down the street naked, I would. You would, too. Everybody would. Absolutely. That's the fucking American dream right there. Fucking house, fence, two kids, all that kind of shit. No. It's nudity running down the street. Streaking. Streaking uh, is the true American dream. That's not my dream. (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) Yeah, that's what other people are into, as long as I don't have to see your danglies. (laughs) Fucking flopping around. <laughs> you make it sound so gross when you say it like that, Patty. It's natural. I mean... It's naturally come on. dangly. Let's okay? all be honest. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> thinks that dicks are gross. Everybody. <laughs> Especially gay men and straight women. They think... They, I mean, they're, they're just weird. Am I right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Excuse me. You're talking as if I'm not right here. <laughs> you don't think that dicks are gross? My dangly can hear you, Patty. Okay. Just because I'm wearing pants. <laughs> when some dude is coming towards you with his dick out, you don't think that's gross? Stop dick shaming, all right? <laughs> You're just a fucking dick shaming lady person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> burning, burning your bras and hating on penis. <laughs> all right. How much time did that take? All right. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then we see Richter, finally, you know? I mean, I, it's only issue three. It's not like it's been, you know, fucking ten issues. Oh, but... is he supposed to be in this book? <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody drew him in there by accident. No, I didn't know if he was, like, on the team Roster? or whatever. Yeah. yeah, okay, well, yeah. then I forgot. Um, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I felt so bad for him. He, like, can't even step on the ground outside without, like, his powers going crazy. He can't be naked. He can't. Why? Because you have to, if you're a mutant, you have to be outside running towards the Krakoa gate in order to be naked. He can't set foot on the ground. He cannot take his clothes off, according to Krakoan law. That's the fourth one. The Quiet Council was just so quiet when they made that fourth law that you couldn't hear it. Just letting you know. Okay. (laughs) And uh, his place is a mess, like we kind of saw with, uh, you know, with Colossus in in, um, Astonishing. Astonishing. Yeah, 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 true. Where he's just like... I'm depressed. I'm going to get drunk and leave all my beer bottles around. I mean, okay. I get, like, going on a bender and, like, you know, wanting to drink a lot and stuff. But at least throw your bottles out. Jesus. Why? It's not that hard. Why? I don't feel like you would talk about, you would talk this way about a lady, would you? It's just more of this penis shaming. (laughs) This episode, we're calling this penis shaming Patty from now on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a vagina supremist. What can I say? (laughs) 
Um, no, but, but absolutely. I mean, the dude's really depressed. You know, he, you see all like, again, like we, we talked about this with Kate being like, like fucking losing her shit. It's because everybody, like all of mutant kind is literally flourishing and united right now. And he wants to go to a party too. He said that. Yeah. He wants to go to the fucking party. Um, and, and he can't, he can't. So it's, it's really sad, but I thought that was a really nice setup. And, uh, it was a really interesting way to touch on Richter because I didn't know how he was going to be introduced in this book. And by the end, we still don't know why he can't set foot on the ground yet. This one data page, though, um, like right after God. that was real. No, but this was really interesting because it's from okay. So for me, this helped connect it to like you know humanity. It made it like believable because these are things that they don't touch on in comic books, at least not in superhero books. I'm sure other comic books, but not in superhero books. Tampons? Are there tampons on Krakoa? Is there childcare? Is there a soccer team? Like, okay, that last one's silly. And there were more, but that's sort of, you know, it, it's it's like a real thing that somebody would be worried about, you know, if they're going to, like, up and move or if they're going to go there for a vacation. You know, if you're a mutant and... Uh, yeah, is there a policy on dogs? How many dogs can I have? Right, exactly. Can I have ten dogs? Is Krakoa pet friendly? That's yeah. an important question. Yeah. It really is. I so, mean, we have nature girls, so... Yeah, so there's, it's, it's got to be. be. It's got to be. So, so you know, and then um, they cut to this whole fucking dialogue between Morgan Le Fay and her fucking follower lady. And uh, and so it, what it sounds like is Apocalypse planted um, all, these, all this fucking shit to grow into Otherworld. Because Apocalypse is all about magic now. Well, I mean, at least it makes more sense for him to be into magic for than when they were trying to push Beast into the magic thing. Oh, yeah, that was weird. That was weird. Um, that was not a way to bring Maddie back. Stop it. Her goon or whatever is like, oh, you know, I tried removing it, but the weeds kept growing back or whatever, so did sorry, they, babe. Did they try a weed whacker? <laughs> what? <laughs> is that funny? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know why. Well, I mean, that's, you know. You gotta trim the bush. That's another term for manscaping. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. Weed whacking. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I used to weed whack. Did you know that? Did you? Yes, I did. I just, everybody's finding this out. Is in it real manscaping time. or is Patty, it not like actually my, outside? I'm not, I'm not talking about my penis right now. Okay. All right, stop. <laughs> stop the penis hatred. All right? At least a third of this episode already is panis. 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 <laughs> penis at the disco. Yeah, actually, uh, at the, the shore house that we had, you know, obviously there's sand. Like, you know, that's what your yard is. It's fucking sand and rocks. But weeds would grow. And so I had the fucking weed whacker, and I'd get out there and just bzzz all the fucking weeds and shit. And I was such a genius kid that I would wear uh, fucking sandals while That's I was doing it. so smart. Yeah, yeah. And wonder why the hell my feet were hurting afterwards, because it's kicking all the fucking sand and pebbles right onto my feet. Yeah. That's a... Uh... That's a good look into your past. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, you're, you're welcome. So I guess if this whole this whole shit at my job, which I'm trying, I'm trying to find a new job. You know, I mean, if that doesn't work out, I can go back to weed whacking. I've already got some experience. <laughs> Put that shit on a resume. Yeah, absolutely. But but so this was cute. So so like the core team went into they got into other worlds. Like uh, by the end of issue two, and you know the cliffhanger was fucking Shogo is suddenly a dragon, and it's like what what the fuck. That's all it takes. It just takes your imagination. You you have your imagination. You imagine yourself the dragon. Isn't that a thing? Imagine dragon. Imagine dragon? What is yeah, that? Yeah, that's is a it? band. That's a band? Yeah. Are they what, are they black metal? No. Death metal? No. <laughs> they have that one song that uh, everybody knows. Is it Puff the Magic Dragon? No. I don't know. No, it's, it's Peter, Paul, and Mary, you guys. Yeah, I found that out recently. 
I thought Puff the Magic Dragon was a movie or something. I knew the song. I had no idea what the context was. It's by Peter, Paul, and Mary. Just first names. Just a bunch of first names, and you know exactly what we're talking about. Oh, the radioactive song. Radioactive? Yeah. Ugh. Hey, did you guys know that Mutant Musings is now sponsored by State Farm? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Speaking of penis. <laughs> you know this song. I do know that song. Yeah, that song. Everybody knows that song. That's a good song. Welcome to the I'm glad that we don't make any money off of this podcast because we just opened ourselves to two separate lawsuits right there. Well, it's okay as long as it's less than 30 seconds. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, that's why, um, you know, when you go to, like, preview songs on iTunes, you can listen to them for free but only 30 seconds. Oh, so iTunes made that law? Mm, probably. <laughs> okay. No, but Shogo's a dragon, and, and Shogo the dragon is, is really cute. I don't know. I think it's kind of adorable. I mean, you know, like, not a big fan of children, but Shogo has been cute in the comics and is even cuter now that he's a fucking, uh, that he's a fucking dragon. What I don't like, though, is how Gambit is still just, you know, kind of obsessing over Rogue. Like, like, okay, I get it. This is your wife. This has been the love of your life for fucking ever. But, like, if that's all the dialogue is going to be, it kind of, it kind of stinks. And in my opinion, like, by the third issue, like, really... I don't know. Yeah, no, I I get what you're saying, and I get him being, like, how he's being, but also, I would just be worried the whole time, too, and I wouldn't want to be there, and I would just be talking about wanting to leave, but it doesn't really make for an interesting character in a comic book. Yeah, Um, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, I don't know. I really hope that Rogue wasn't thrown in here just to be, like, some kind of future plot device, if that's what she's going to be. She's just been sleeping the whole time, so we haven't even seen Rogue. We saw her a little bit in the first issue. Yeah, and then she, she probably, had to take a nap. She probably said sugar, and then passed out. <laughs> <laughs> she had too much sugar, and then she passed out. Aww. <laughs> so, so, yeah, but the art is great. Uh, that's, that's one thing I do have to say. I mean, it's not my favorite art in all of these books, but it's up there. I think Marcus Toe is a great fucking artist. When Captain Britain, Remy, and Jubilee, and fucking Shogo, they go into battle. It just looks badass. Shogo's breathing fire. There are all these fucking knights. And then Brian, you know, he's fucking possessed by Morgan Le Fay. And he looks like literally a dark knight and yells, Where is she? I was like, all right, all right. That was literally taken from fucking the dark knight. The, my only, the, the, the one little, what I think is a mistake anyway that I caught is there is like the sequence of three panels. One of them, uh, Brian's helmet is down and you can see his hair in the next panel the helmet is up you can't see his hair anymore and in the next one the helmet is back down and you can see his hair so i thought that that was a little it was a weird thing that i noticed and i had to note it down because when i first do a read through of these comics it's like five o'clock in the morning and it's rare that i catch something like that on the first read and i caught it so i wrote it yeah no that's that's <laughs> weird i didn't even pick up on that and i read it twice but whatever maybe you're just nitpicking what what no, and maybe then, you're just penis picking again, Patty. <laughs> penis, penis picking, picking. Patty. 
Oh, man. Uh, yeah, and like you said with Remy complaining, then there's Jubilee complaining about being worried about Shogo, and Psylocke's yeah. like, he's a... Fu- oh, not Psylocke. Whoa, whoa, whoa uh, there. Betsy, he's like, oh, he's not... He's he's fine. He's a fucking dragon, man. He breathes fire and shit. So, whatever. I guess it's going to be a lot of uh, bitching and complaining in this book, it's which about- I'm not a stranger to. I bitch and complain about everything. Yeah, no, you're you're right. It, it was it was kind of a a lot of bitching, but I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I guess this is all about relationships and stuff, you know, because we've got Captain Britain and Brian. We've got fucking uh, Jubilee and Shogo. We've got fucking uh, Remy and Rogue, and now we've got Apocalypse Rick, and Richter. Yeah. yeah, I still think they should cuddle. I they think should absolutely not cuddle. Apoc, listen, the he artist has to shuttle he. He has to cuddle with Shaddy. Okay, but the artist formerly known as Apocalypse deserves a cuddle once in his life. I think that's really where this whole survival of the fittest fucking angst and genocide came from. It's because he never got a cuddle in his life. Or maybe his parents didn't let him go to art school. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, But yeah, so fucking Apocalypse isn't getting his magic stones to work. He needs a master of stone. (laughs) <laughs> which is kind of hot. I, but I love... So not just, like, the the art itself, but, like, how it's used here, where Apocalypse is fucking walking through a park and everybody's just staring at him. I thought that was amazing. Oh, crap. Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then he finds Richter. And, you know, he's trying to get Richter to fucking, like, get his confidence, get his ass out of that wooden little dirt casket that he's laying in. And he actually says, there is nothing you can break that I cannot fix. Patty, that is the sweetest thing to ever come out of those apocalypse. Do you understand? That was so sweet. I awed out loud at that. That was adorable. That was adorable. Also, when you were talking about apocalypse and his stones, I was like... Huh, I wonder if Richter can just be, like, on call in a hospital and just break up kidney stones. Oh, practical. Yeah. I like that. He could that. make some money. Yeah, he could. So that's that's my two cents. That's what I thought of this issue. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Pete Wisdom shows up, which I don't know too much about him. Same. He had, I, se- he had sex with uh, Shadowcat. That yes, I know. I know that. Um, he was in Excalibur, but he was in it after the point that I got up to in the book or in a different volume or something. I read most of Excalibur, but I don't think I finished the first volume, and now I'm not sure exactly where I am. Uh, So I probably have to read it from the beginning again. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he's a character I don't really know too much about other than that he exists. He's got got, uh, fiery hands or something. I don't know. He smokes cigarettes. That's something that I know about him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right and then it's funny because in crack Owen at the end it says next word to the wise you get it Wisdom? i get it i didn't translate any of this i translated all of okay it, good which was i'm i'm fucking amazed that i was able to do that so early in the morning i kind of like how things are starting to tie together now everything's sort of making a little bit more sense I think I'm I'm missing out maybe a little bit because I don't have that sort of like nostalgia bias, which literally everybody is guilty of when it comes to everything. All the shit I grew up on is the best shit ever. But yeah, like honestly, Pokemon Gen One isn't the best gen, but yeah, but Final Fantasy Six is legit the best Final <laughs> Fantasy. <laughs> yeah, most people agree with you. Okay, um, I guess the the Final Fantasy Seven suckers are just more vocal. 
Um, but anyway, uh, so some of these plot sequences were kind of meh, I thought. Um, it was just, it like, it, it felt like one of the biggest plot points in this issue was that Betsy and Brian fought again. You know, it was the second time in three issues. It didn't really move anything forward anymore because they had to retreat anyway. So I felt like the most interesting thing in this issue was uh, Apocalypse going to meet Richter, you know? Yeah, but it, no, I, I love this stuff with Richter, so. Yeah. I'm just glad that he's here because, like I said, I forgot he was even going to be in this book. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> and like the fucking, the cover of this issue is basically, like, an homage to fucking uh, the scene from Ghost, where the ghost is doing the pottery from behind. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's just, like, Apocalypse is, you know... From behind, showing Richter how to how to massage them stones. <laughs> oh my god! Okay. All right. So so moving on. Uh, next comic we're talking about is X Men number three, and I liked this issue a whole lot, but I also had a couple of big problems with this issue. But it opens with Pixie and Cannoli. So that was a that was <laughs> a happy surprise. Why are you laughing about that? Okay, that, I forgot that that's what we were going to be doing. Okay. You don't have to do it, but that's what I'm doing because okay. literally. Literally nobody can get mad at a cannoli, all right? You try to be mad at a cannoli, you can't do it. They're not vegan. <laughs> you cannot get mad at a vegan cannoli, <laughs> all right? <laughs> and this this cannoli is green, so he's got to be vegan. <laughs> you like my logic? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're at the Savage Land Harvest Center. These fucking, my, my immediate thought when I see these people come through fucking the gate I, I was like, they're steampunk reavers. That is exactly what they look like with steampunk reavers. Um, and they covered the kids in green goop, and they want the flowers. So there you go. There's your there's your setup. No, I thought that the characters looked really cool, but it was kind of like a weird team and kind of a weird premise, and I didn't really understand their motivation too well. They were a group called Horticulture that was like a group of old women who were like botanists and whatever other yeah. kind of like plant plant biologists. <laughs> I don't know what they're called. Um, I'm not a science guy. Horticulturist. Horticulture. You're not Bill Nye. I'm not. I'm not. I'm sorry. I don't know different kinds of science. My friend Chrissy would, but um, we should have Chrissy be a guest. We on this show. should have Chrissy be a guest on this show. I will not get one word in. It would be amazing. <laughs> Chrissy is uh, my awesome vegan friend, mm -hmm. uh, and she has a PhD in some kind of science that I don't understand. <laughs> so she she is smart bitch, you know. Then Scott, Emma, and Shaw they they know that like something happens over here so they had to like go to australia to have gateway teleport them there Yeah, because the gates shut down yeah so then they like you know confront these old ladies and shaw is just like i don't know if he was like hey i'm bisexual but i like younger ladies that was a little like what so this was interesting so he said i devour i've devoured both men and women and a lot of people are taking that to mean that he is bisexual. That would be a cool way to come out. Yeah. Instead of saying, hey guys, I'm bi. Just being like, I've been known to devour both men and women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have been known to imbibe the penis. Uh... <laughs> no, I don't, I mean, I don't think it, it meant that, like, he was literally coming out. 
as as bi, but but he sucked the life force out of men before. That sounds pretty bi. But he has sucked the cum out of the penis before, so that sounds pretty bi. I get it. <laughs> uh, no, I thought he meant you know sort of like it, just in business and in life. But maybe I mean it, you look at the guy, you look at the kind of club that he ran. Like you know, forget the whole fucking funding the Sentinels and being a villain, but like the fucking kinky club that he ran. I, it's not that I don't believe it. I don't think that's exactly what he meant. And that's just me. That's just me. But I, I absolutely believe that Sebastian Shaw could be fucking bisexual. I, I absolutely mean, do. he's got ruffles. Ruffles. <laughs> ruffles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so no, he was he was great in this issue. But the thing... So one one thing... I mean, aside from his, his rant after he introduced himself... When he was introducing himself to the fucking horticulturists... Was um when he was laughing at Emma... Right, because Scott, Emma, and Shaw show up, and they're trying to figure out what the fuck these women are doing. Uh, one of them says, she dresses like an S-word with a serious P-word problem. You need to wash yourself, girl. And it was hilarious that Shaw was standing behind Scott and Emma and covering his mouth because he was laughing and trying not to laugh out loud. It looked like Scott was smirking, too. Scott, like, turned away sort of in, like, embarrassment. I really didn't like that. I also, like, that dialogue was hilarious, but I also didn't really think it was that necessary and it kind of it kind of upset me too like if this this if that alone like that alone maybe wouldn't have bothered me if if the little back and forth that happened between Emma and Jean you know if that didn't happen too because before they came to the savage land there the quiet council was meeting to discuss this gate being shut down and not being able to contact anybody and there's this back and forth between Jean and Emma and, you know, the shoes. Emma goes, I would offer to let you borrow them, but I think they're a couple sizes too small. Like, obviously a reference to Jean's breasts being smaller. And Jean is like, I'm not into borrowing things. That's really more of a you thing, isn't it? I think, again, I think it's funny in a way, but I'm also like, Hickman is writing this. You, you don't need to write this. And also we don't need the cattiness between... The two of them. See, and this is something that I brought up, like, last time, I think. And you said, no, I don't think they're doing that anymore. I think that's over. I, yeah. Well, <laughs> then I'm wrong. Okay, yeah. Patty, I have a penis. All right, what yeah, can I say? All of us, that's all I you got. can penis yeah. shame. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Patty was right. Fine. Fine. All right? Fine. <laughs> you know, when Shaw is making this big speech, the ladies just fucking blast him in the face. Yeah. Uh, which we found out he's into. Um, <laughs> yeah. they blast him in the face with some green goop, which I don't know if it, he's had that experience before exactly. We but don't know yet. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know what kind of people he's been with, but uh, the goop is like power draining stuff and they already gooped Pixie and Anole. So then Scott starts blasting <laughs> and then they start blasting. Oh my God. <laughs> and... <laughs> This one lady's like, oh, you broke my hip. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry because he's a Boy Scout. And he goes, like, right next to her to try helping her. And then she shoots him in the face because he's dumb. And then... Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. So, you know what? It's a good thing that Scott has been trained in righting wrongs. Uh -huh. he, he, he let us know that earlier in the issue. It's a good thing he's been trained in righting wrongs. Okay. 
I, whatever. And then Emma turns to Diamond, and she can't do anything telepathically because they're blocked for some reason. So she just has to kind of stand there and look angry and can't do anything. Well, then they give, you know, their backstory. Fucking, they're working for this company, and this company has been trying to make these seedless plants. And so what it sounded like, it was like, okay, so you make these seedless plants. You can sell the plants, sell the flowers, or whatever. They die. You can't breed them anymore. You can't make more of them. So then people have to come back and buy more from you. So to me, it sounds more like they have a problem with capitalism or the human population in general. I mean, we could just, they could just, you know, call for like a revolution instead of killing every person. Since when are you against killing every person? This doesn't sound because like Because there are other people who believe the same things as me, so I'll just <laughs> kill every other person. But I did think it was freaky as fuck. Uh, the one panel where the dude was buried and the fucking, their plants were like growing out of him. Oh yeah, that was cool as that fuck. Was, that was really fucking cool. Like, I believe with their goal that they were just trying to do good and feed the world and stuff. Yeah. And then they realized that that's not exactly what was going on with the company because, again, corporations and capitalism. And now they need to hack Krakoa. Like, yeah, that's, and that's they the managed goal. to do least, it with one gate, yeah, and we don't gate. know how. And right. Emma said the same thing. She can't figure out how they did it. It kind of sucks that Emma was kind of just standing there and didn't even try to fight back or anything. But, I mean, since she's just, like, close range in her diamond form and doesn't have the telepathy, I guess it would be too risky. Yeah. And then the whole team would be captured. Right. So, it was kind of just, I don't know. But see, that, and that's, that's the thing. That was one of the problems that I had with this, that I thought that it was kind of dumb for them just to take uh, three people. You could have brought, like, a bigger team, different types of mutants with different power sets to, you know, because who knew what the fuck was going on here? So, you know, that was, that I thought was kind of, um, silly. I also don't believe that the kids wouldn't have fought back. You know, okay, so we didn't know who else was there. We knew Pixie and Cannoli were there. Yeah, and then there were other kids that were shown later. Yeah, but we but like nameless ones. Like we don't know who else was there that yeah, could have maybe make out anybody else. That could have maybe fought back. And I don't really believe that nobody would have fought back. I think that it's that these are um very interesting potential new villains, you know? Uh I think it's sort of interesting and it's still sort of working that each one of the three issues of this it's, you know, sort of like a different team, which we knew it was going to be anyway, but that it's like setting up a new villain and another future story to come back. Um, this one happens to be my favorite out of the three because I thought that these villains were really interesting. Still not a huge fan of the art, though, but they, that's, that's just what I think. Uh, all right, so next new comic we're talking about is Marauders number three. I'm so fucking happy with this book i was so happy there were two beautiful men in this issue even though one of them isn't wasn't in great shape yes one of them was very drunk <laughs> um so that's that was cute he was uh he partied himself out oh i felt he, so bad he for him. got into wolverine's stash which i don't know why that recorded him to be in a wheelchair but <laughs> i don't know um maybe wolverine also does some kind of hard drugs and Pyro did some hard whoa. drugs that required whoa, whoa, him to whoa. use a wheelchair. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. My baby boy <laughs> is not on the drugs, Patty. Okay? Alcohol is a drug. Okay. 
He does not do the hard drugs. <laughs> he does the soft liquid drugs. He doesn't do the hard drugs. Well, he's been doing hard liquor. Stop penis shaming. <laughs> now you're pyro penis shaming, and we will not have that in this house. Hard liquor is the gateway drug. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? What? And gateways to Krakoa is all coming together. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 You've got all the hard, hard statistics and facts all to back that up. Facts. I'm sure. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You sound like Bill O'Reilly right now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Didn't he, like, molest a child or something? <laughs> Why did they take him off the air? <laughs> again. Again, with the hard facts. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do on Mutant Musings. <laughs> T- uh, fucking uh, harassing and assaulting, you know, the fucking uh, lady co-workers and shit. Like oh, okay. So them. he was so he was doing what I thought, but to grown women. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, and and okay. Listen, I'm my reaction there is not condoning <laughs> that. All right, I'm let's gonna, get off I'm this. Gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. All right. So no, this this was a great issue. I I really liked this. First of all, I really liked the art. The um. Do you like Shinobi naked? What? What? <laughs> No, just the way it opens. You know, there's the red keep, Blackstone, the white palace, just like the scenery. It was like really beautiful the way that it that it opened. And you know, we see Shaw, and this is what I saw in the in the preview, like right before we recorded the last episode. Shaw's like uh, strode out of Blackstone to right the most grievous wrong. On that day, I restore the Shaw bloodline, the Bishop in Black. Before we even see him. So we have a different artist this time. Uh, what was it? Um, Michelle Bandini. Uh, who's pretty good. Unfortunately, the colorist is the same, but I don't believe that there were black people in this issue, so none of that to screw up this time. Uh, but yes, it is Shinobi. It is Shinobi, and as happy as I am knowing that he's about to burst out of that fucking egg, Pyro is drunk as fuck. Um, but then there's Shinobi naked, and then they cut to the flashback, and this the, this art was really fucking dark and disturbing. They, like, you know, show his decomposed body and in the cast casket in the flashback and just the fucking like the bone you know through his fucking skull and how the it was like pushing part of the skull out it was just really gross and and i you know i don't know it wasn't like super detailed but that was just like a really awesome touch i thought by the artist and it was it was funny as hell because you know when shinobi pops out it's like this is shinobi shaw how do we know it is you and Shinobi's like, I still want to kill my old man. <laughs> and Sebastian's like, see, a Shaw through and through. That was so funny. And Pyro's like, yeah, mutant. And like, just, I felt so bad for him. I'm really happy that he popped up in this issue, but it was like really sad to see him so stupid and drunk. <laughs> that made him me love him so much more. Did you, but did, did you yeah, not I love did, him before? I did, Patty? but he was better now because he's stupid. And I like that. Patty. Jonathan. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Why? Why do you do this to me? Ugh. Why am I finding these things out now? Why do you like Why do you like the dumb characters? Because, I don't know. I'm dumb, and I relate to them. You're not dumb. You like Gene. Gene's not dumb. No, Gene isn't dumb, but, <laughs> like, present Mike is, like, really fucking dumb. And he's, like, one of my favorite characters. <laughs> you don't know that he's dumb. He's just loud. Oh, no, he's... Is he? He is pretty dumb, but he's, like, book smart. Like, he's got, like, several jobs. Like, he has, like, three jobs. He And he's teaching English. And he's the head of the English department. But he's also really you stupid. You hate English. I know. You hate the English department. I do. How do you... How do you... 
Patty, John, you are you such a walking you conundrum. Are what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so no, but but this issue was great to see. You know, I mean, I'm not happy that Sebastian is manipulating the fuck out of Shinobi, but it was still really nice to get a spotlight on him. I knew that this was going to be coming. You know, Emma just fucking twisted Sebastian's nuts so hard, and it was so wonderful to see that in the last issue. But obviously, this fucker is going to push back, and like, what better way? You know, get your own fucking son to, you know, ally himself with you. But they, you know, they fucking, they're going for a walk. They go through the fucking, uh, the gate. And there are these humans that won't fucking move out of their way. And Sebastian's like, power me up, Shinobi. And Shinobi hits him in the fucking junk. And it was great. It was, I, I love that so much. Yeah, but, you know, obviously, like I said, Sebastian is just manipulating the kid. You know, he's like, Xavier and Magneto were gonna come to me first. But then, you know, Emma, like, threw herself at them. You know, like, obviously, we know that. Like, the two of them approached Emma, and we know that fucking Emma didn't even want Sebastian brought back. She's like, I just fucking got rid of him. What I didn't understand, and I'm sure this is going to come back, is when Shinobi, you know, went off on on his own in Tokyo, he goes to see this guy, calls him Oyasan, which is a way of saying father in Japanese, and the guy uh, calls Shinobi Kodomo, which is child, we don't know who this guy is, or at least I don't. And I, I've read, I think, almost every appearance Shinobi has. And not that it's many, but I have a pretty good memory. I have no idea who this guy is. But Shinobi apologizes to this guy for his debt and says you have a friend on Krakoa. Obviously, that's going to come back later, but it was just kind of weird. Yeah, no, I didn't know who this guy was either. Okay, um, it's not just me then. No, but also, I have a very bad memory, so it's entirely possible that uh, there is something that I'm forgetting, but I don't think that that is the case this time, because you would remember. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably. Somebody out there is probably screaming right now, um, so let us know if I'm missing something. So, Shinobi lost uh, some of his memories, because... Probably he, hand through the brain. Yeah, he he forgot that, and um, uh, Sebastian asked before resurrecting him if he was gonna remember everything, and they said no, they wouldn't remember their deaths. So Sebastian lied to him and said that Emma and Kate conspired to murder you. Yeah. And they have this boat that's like an invisible military boat. It can go invisible. Mm-hmm. It can go visible. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got like, two functions. It's, yeah, multifunctional. So <laughs> we're going to see what happens with that, but I bet it's going to be some bad news for Emma and Kate. Yeah, maybe. Shinobi's <clears throat> going to start some shit. And that kind of, you know, honestly, that kind of stinks, but I have a feeling that like this, the way that this, this story is going to come back around and Shinobi is going to find out that Sebastian was manipulating him. What I, one thing though that I caught that was not quite right was when Shinobi said to Sebastian, you tried to kill me. Sebastian did kill him. We found that out in Necrotia after Shinobi hadn't showed up for years and then he was among the dead who were resurrected. Um, they had a brief exchange and it turned out that, yeah, fucking at some point Sebastian killed Shinobi off panel and nobody fucking knew. Um, that was something that bothered me a little bit. But absolutely, Shinobi's going to come back, and he's going to fucking... He's, I'm sure he's going to find out that Sebastian's being a manipulative piece of shit, and he was probably going to ally himself with fucking Kate and Emma, and, um, you know, it's it's fucking just... Sebastian's going to get kicked in the dick again. 
and he's going to fucking deserve it. Good. Uh, I love that Shinobi's here. I love him as a character, um, even though, like, there's just... There was so much potential to him, and he was just so lazy and so spoiled and just wanted to fucking jacuzzi naked all the time, you know, instead of actually doing anything with the Hellfire Club back in the day. And so I think it's great to see that he's going to have some sort of purpose now. Maybe we'll get to see him in action and fight or see him being all fucking stealth because, you know, he can phase two. So I think that's going to be really cool. I thought the art in this issue was, was pretty fucking great. Anyway, so I'm really excited about this. I thought it was really good. It was obviously like a huge like kind of side note to what's happening yeah. in the Marauders book. Um Pyro didn't have his tattoo. Oh, because that was a flashback. Oh. Cuz I think I forget if it was a dialogue box or if it was Sebastian's actual dialogue. There was like several weeks ago I took oh. care of Somebody, you're not the one, I saw at least one other person say the same thing, so, okay. it was in the past. Okay, so yeah, I really, I really hope that, um, the truth comes out and, you know, Shinobi tries or does kill Sebastian or somehow he gets his revenge because they can just bring him back, so that's not gonna really matter. But I, I really want to know what he's going to think when he found out that he killed himself. I wonder if he's going to find out that he fucking killed himself. That was rough. Oh who's, my god. Who's gonna tell him? <laughs> Alright, guys, who wants to tell him? <laughs> Alright, so last new comment we're talking about is New Mutants number three, and I loved this issue. It was fucking great. Yes, it was the best of these series this week. And this is basically what we've been talking about wanting is a team with like the young kids. Yeah. It does kind of stink that they're rolled into one, you know, as opposed to, like, New yeah. Mutants and New X-Men, but... Yeah, because this had nothing to do with the New Mutants. But, you know, it's, but. Be- it's better than nothing. Yeah. Um, so, Armor got a haircut, and I didn't, I didn't know who she was at first um, until, you know, they said her name. Racist. So, she's talking to Glob. But you they knew were, who Glob was. Yes. They were talking... Pink. Yes. They were talking <laughs> at the party... And then um, she was just talking about, like, not everybody's here or whatever. And then she looks to Glob, and he is dancing with Pixie. That's adorable. It was really cute. Yes. He, he looked really happy. They're, and then, they're good dancers. And then Glob is like, oh, do you think I have a chance with Pixie? I mean, I danced with her. That is... That was so sweet. That is such a teenage thing. Yes. To, yeah, absolutely. And then, um, so she was basically... Uh, Armor was basically just giving a list of uh to sage like i want to see if everybody is here or not like oh have you seen bishop have you seen dazzler oh well, what about beak and i love that on her list of x-men beak was number three <laughs> <laughs> and then uh i wonder if beak is anybody's number three <laughs> i don't think also I'm sorry. I'm sorry beak fans also having uh, another character named angel is really confusing <clears throat> and they put her in the movie too which is also confusing. So this is a joke that I was waiting until now um, to make because I have uh, a lot of self-control. Krakoa sounds a lot like Klakoa. Do you think Beak has a Klakoa? What is a Klakoa? You don't know what a Klakoa is? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> Patty. Or maybe I pronounced it wrong. But Kloaka? Kloaka. That's what it is. Damn it. That I, sounds I, like I Koala. I my joke. It's... it's it's like a butt vagina. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patty. It's a butt vagina. What do you mean it's a butt vagina? It's together. They're the same thing. So, like, birds poop and shit out of the same hole. Yes, most people do poop and shit out of the same hole. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they they piss and shit out of the same hole. (laughs) I'm so fucking stupid. My whole joke is ruined. (laughs) But we got something better out of it, Patty. We got poop and shit coming out of the same hole. How do you do that? And I've been pronouncing it wrong for years because I thought it was Klakoa, but it's like cloaca. (laughs) Whatever. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. It was cute. And I learned a new word today. Butt vagina. Okay. Yeah, it's like a butt vagina. All right. Fine. All right. <laughs> oh, so we get back to the sex taint. Yes. Speaking of butt vagina, <laughs> we're back at the sex taint. Uh, and Boom Boom is there. She's bored. She's upset that the new mutants went to space without without her. She loves space. She loves space. That is something that we do not have in common. <laughs> So she's just looking around Roberto's room and uh, Armor catches her and and then she's like, oh, what do you got going on? You got an adventure going on? I'm bored. And Armor's like, nope, we're just going to visit our friends in in Nebraska. And she's like, oh, is it going to turn into like a big fight? And she's yeah. like, nope, it's, it's just going to be a trip to Nebraska. And so Armor gets Glob to go with her to visit their house. In Nebraska and thinks, oh, hey, I think I figured out why they're not here. So we have to go get this medicine or whatever. Then Maxime and Manon catch them going to the gate and say, what are you doing? We want to go. We can manipulate your friends to come here if they don't want to come on their own. And we can be useful. And Armor's like, you're not going to change your friends' minds, but you can come with us if you want. Yeah. Because I don't want to argue with kids anymore. I thought that that was really cute. I thought that was really cute. Um, I, They all looked so fucking cute. Glob looked a little weird. The way the, the artist, uh, Flaviano, I thought did a really great job with the art. I really liked it. Armor looked cute. Maxime Madden looked really cute. Glob looked a little off, though. Like, I know he's fucking glob around fucking innards but still i feel like there are he was a little yeah, no bit, he looked a little bit weird yeah, i noticed that a too a little off it was just kind of weird otherwise I, I really like the art but um but yeah so the reason why armor was looking for this medication is because you know, she found out why beak and angel and the kids aren't on krakoa and this again this is another data page that i thought was really oh my god it was so long it was all text that's what a data page is. It's not Patty. always. Sometimes there's diagrams or drawings or whatever, like the sex You tent. hate diagrams I drawings. Know. You said you hate maps. But Patty, no, listen, I literally almost fucking cried reading this. Like I'm not I'm not even joking. This was like the fucking this this was such the sad thing to read. I didn't take too many notes on it because the uh, munus or munus motricium dementia. This is the saddest data page. This is the saddest one you will ever read. You guys out there, Patty doesn't give a shit. No. Patty's got a heart of a heart of ice. Yeah. <laughs> My ice queen. <laughs> yeah, but then this was also cute. This was really fucking heartwarming. Just seeing Beak and Angel and Angel was a little uncharacteristically happy because she's not that I know too much about her, just I know about her from new X Men, not after she was depowered or anything, but she was not such a nice young lady. But she's very happy here. 
Uh, and I was happy to see that. I was happy for all of them. You know, they're all hugging. All the kids are being cute. Everybody's having a good time, just like playing with each other. And I thought that was really great. And then, yeah, we find out, you know, why there was that data page about the dementia, why Armor was looking for medicine. It's because Beak's dad has that condition. And Armor hooks up the fucking medicine, and dad is okay, and everybody's happy. And, you know, it's great. It's really it's really casual. It's very dialogue-driven, and, and I love it. I think Brisson is really good at this. And then, all of a sudden, you know, what the fuck is going on with the babies? There are fucking these tattooed rednecks that fucking show up. And Armor is ready to fucking jump in and fight, and then, boom, it's this fucking missile, and it's a power-dampening missile. And they want the drugs. These fucking, I guess, rednecks, they, they want the drugs. The next issue, the Krakoan, is Tumulo, which I think is translated as a burial ground. And, you know, Boom Boom is going to show up, so she's going to save the fucking day. Yeah, no, I really, really love this issue. And, you know, we've been complaining about wanting to see the kids for a while. Yeah. And I'm glad that Glob was one of them. I mean, Maxon and Manon, I'm not, like, super sold on, especially because they were huge pieces of shit. In Age of X-Men. Yeah. yeah I agree. Um, I agree. So, I don't know, but I'm really excited about Boom Boom showing up. She's one of my favorites. So, yeah. You know, I I think this is this is really great. I think Maxime and Manon are there because, you know, this is Brisson writing this. Brisson was also writing uh, Next Gen in Age of X-Man, and that's why Maxime and Manon were there. He wrote Extermination, which is where they first appeared. So they were there. So he's, you know, and he's been using Glob in a lot of the... He, It seems like he likes to use these same characters. And I'm fine with some characters, you know, getting a spotlight for a little while. I feel like uh, Maxime and Manon really need some sort of... Um, they need some sort of fucking redemption after after that. I know it was... Not really, but sort of an alternate universe, but still, like, that's, they're, they're still relatively new characters. Like, they still need some redemption, so I think this is a way to do it. They were very smiley, very happy, very willing to go along, happy to see these little fucking babies. They're gonna try to help out somehow, um, you know, with these fucking rednecks. So, so yeah, it was, it was, it was a really great issue, a really great setup. Again, I wish this was a separate book, but I, I will take what I can get. So... Would you rather see Shinobi as the Black Bishop or the Naked Bishop? Adventure? Excitement? A boom boom craves these things? Don't go anywhere, oh my Kodomo, because we'll be right back after the commercial break. Who is... Oh no. It is I, Miss Frost, Manuel, Alfonso, Rodrigo, De La Roque... Ah! My face! You're stepping on my face! Empath, you little flea! Spit it out! What do you want? I... I just wanted to tell you that, that Miss Gray told me about what you showed her! She told you? That was deeply private, arousing, passionate, and sexually cathartic. Mmm, my darling Miss Gray. What? What? Miss Gray showed me Geekade.com! I love Star Wars, Pokemon, video games, comic books, and movies, so Geekade.com has plenty of articles and podcasts to keep a twisted mind like mine completely occupied. Don't forget about YouTube and Twitch channels for more geeky fun. Alright, darling, run along now and enjoy geekade.com. I think I need to pay another visit to Miss Jean Grey. Check out geekade.com today. Okay, so, this is 
uh, our last episode of the year, and it also coincides with the last episode of the decade. Kind of funny how that worked out. <laughs> so we're going to give you a real quick breakdown. A real? Why are you? Why are you trying to rush things? Why are you? Why? Why? Because this podcast is going to be like is four your, hours. Why long. are you trying to rush? Is your name Getty Lee? Uh, someone out there gets that. Someone I out there. I don't. Yeah, Getty Lee is the front man of Rush. Okay. <laughs> it's funnier when you explain it. It's funnier if his name is Jetty. <laughs> or if his name is Cloaca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, no. I wanted to kind of, you know, put all of, like, the major uh, events that happened to the X-Men over this past decade because I thought it would be interesting to kind of look at all of them right next to each other, you know, and just kind of see what kind of decade it shaped up to be. You know, if it was a good decade, if it was a shitty decade, or just, yeah, whatever happened to the X-Men this decade. So it, it started off with Second Coming, which was which was badass. You know, it was that was about, like, Hope's journey back to the fucking the present day. Oh, yeah. Bastion had trapped the X-Men Cypher and Cable saved the day. Cable died at the end of that. I, oh, yeah. I will never forget that fucking image of, like, Hope curled up on the ground next to fucking just Cable's mechanical fucking arm. Yeah, I Just the that. arm. Yeah, you remember that? And that story led to the five lights. Which are very relevant today. Hey. 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 There. hey, hey. There. <laughs> no, but that was, I thought that was a really, a really good story. I really, really enjoyed that. And I enjoyed the five lights and Generation Hope came out of that. So that was all really neat. Um, another big event shortly after schism. that was Schism, where Cyclops and Wolverine had a little slap fight. Yeah, and then the we Sentinel. got uh, Wolverine and the X Men. We sure did. So that was great. I, you know, I thought Schism was some of some of it was a little silly. It was just like all of a sudden Scott seems to be super militaristic, and Wolverine is just super let kids be kids. I, I don't know. It's been a while since I have gone back and reread that era so maybe i'm talking out of my ass but i remember reading it at the time and being like this this seems kind of weird that they're clashing super hard over this right now but still it led to some great stuff it it, it did you know we saw scott really going down that road to the revolutionary sort of scott that we got under bendis and yeah, we got, the only good scott to ever exist excuse you but we got wolverine and the x-men out of it yeah that was fucking dope and then we got Avengers vs. X-Men, which everybody loves. Yeah, I remember it clearly. Do you? No. You don't? No. Do you know what happened in it? Uh, the Avengers and the X-Men fought. Yeah. <laughs> well, the result was the fucking, uh, the Phoenix Force coming and Hope harnessing it and restarting the mutant gene after uh, the fucking decimation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and you know, somebody, somebody important died at the, uh, towards the end of AVX. Charles, oh, yeah, Charles yeah, yeah. Xavier. So this was with the Phoenix Five. Why? Well, you should have just said that. <laughs> Fucking uh, Phoenix Force Scott killed Charles Xavier. Yes, so that I was a good that, time. Yeah. So that was a good time for everyone. And then the O5 came back, which uh, nobody but us liked. There's got to be. There's, a... there's some people, but it's the majority of people hated it. I really liked it. Yeah, me too. I think, obviously, time travel is a very silly trope. Yes. So overdone and overused. Yes. But I think that this was an interesting period in X-Men history for the 
fucking teenage original X-Men to come to the present and see. This was literally right after, quote-unquote, Scott killed Xavier, you know? So it was kind of a fucking rough time in X-Men history at that time. And so I think that made it super interesting to see these kids, you know, just come face-to-face with the modern world and, you know, how how things were for the X-Men. You know, fucking Jean Grey was dead. Angel had been fucking Archangel. Um, Beast was fucking blue and fucking furry. You know, it, it was all very interesting, at least for a while. And then, and then you know, it, it kind of started to fall flat. And then, you know, Ed Brisson kind of saved the day and sent But we back. got gay Iceman, so yeah. hurrah. We got gay Iceman. Um, and then the whole fucking, uh, let's bring Death the... Death of X, IVX. Yeah, let's bring the Inhumans. Start oh, bringing them God. to the forefront and pushing the X-Men to the background sort of thing. There was some fun in there, honestly, but it was generally not good. Hooray for Inhumans transforming people against their will. Let's let this gas just travel all over the fucking earth and put people in cocoons. Yeah, everybody, just everybody's all right with that. Yeah, everybody's super okay with it. Everybody on Earth is so okay with it that the X-Men are going to leave because it's harmful. But everybody else is okay. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Fucking lootly. It's fun mystery gas. What's going to happen when you inhale? I don't know. Are you just going to get a funny smell on your nose or is it cocoon time? Let's find out today. Like, I'm t- No. Just, just no. Emma snapped into villainy. Yeah, that was a great time. Everybody's such a fan of that. Yeah. Yeah. There were no, there were no Emma fans such as myself that were upset after that. But, but then after that, we got the fucking resurrection, which is a bunch of new X-Men titles after X-Men titles had been dwindling, you know? And that was like around the time we started this podcast. It was right before that shit happened. This was during. Yeah. Yeah. You know, during fucking IVX. We were down to a handful of X-Men titles. Fucking the Terrigen Mist was uh, was killing mutants. And then all of a sudden it was like, boom, X-Men Gold, X-Men Blue, Iceman, Generation X. And yeah, just a bunch of stuff. And it was like, you know, I mean, not all of that was very good. But at the time it was super exciting to see. Yeah, it existed. Yeah. And then the most important thing that happens in this decade was Jean Grey Pyro came back. returning. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Yes, I am very excited about Jean being back. Uh, nothing else matters. That's all right, Metallica. That. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you got that reference, didn't you? Yes. But um, but fucking finally, just finally, it had been I don't know, thirteen years, something like that. Yeah, and then uh, we had extermination, which uh, you know, just brought the O five back. So we have one less Jean, which is bullshit. <laughs> How many jeans do you want? I want how many two jeans? pairs of jeans. How many? Je- that is four jeans, that fatty. Is four jeans. That is four jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a that was a great story. I, I really did. Uh, Maxime and Manon were kind of silly plot devices there, but you know, and I, I wasn't too happy that Bloodstorm ended up getting killed. Oh God, for that. that was such a stupid idea. <laughs> Well, I mean, X-Men Blue was not great, you know? It wasn't, but I don't know. I liked it. I mean, why, if you, if we can have two genes, Patty, why can't we have two storms? And not even two exact storms. One is a blood storm. Well, because I think vampires are, like, overdone. And then we got a Hunt for Wolverine and 50 accompanying uh, side books. Yeah, Mystery and Madripoor. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were, do you remember the names of any others? 
Uh, Adamantium Agenda. Oh, Adamantium Agenda. That was one. Hot Claws. Hot Claws, yeah. Uh, We had Hot Claws, guys. Do you remember Hot Claws? Great decade. You remember Hot Claws? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. It was such a good idea that that they even made fun of it in the holidays special last year. And it was like Hot Claws for Hanukkah. (laughs) Like, they couldn't do a better Hanukkah. There were a couple of, like, you know, Hanukkah stories... In there, you know, there was uh, fucking Kitty Pride, future Kitty Pride, and there was Magneto, obviously. But we really, we needed hot claws for Hanukkah. That was annoying. But we also had, we had a bunch of other Hunt for Wolverines. There was, there was Hunt for Wolverine, Teenage Mutant Logan Turtles. There was Hunt for Wolverine, Logan Darko. Uh, do you guys remember Wolvie Wolf and the Funky Bunch? <laughs> you guys remember San Fran Logan 49ers? Do you remember the Wolverinean Rhapsody? Boku no Logan Academia, The Legend of Logan, A Snake to the Past, Snow White and the Seven Wolverines, Logan Logan Literature Club, Post Malogan, Requiem for a Wolver Dream, Home Logan, Home Logan 2, Lost in New York, Hugh Jack Horseman, The Hand Logan's Tale, Planes, Trains, and Logan Mobiles, Angel Logan Jolie, Xbox Logan, Xbox Logan X, Reese Wolverspoon, Steven Loganverse, and Star Wars Episode 7, The Force of Logans. How'd you like all that? That was great. Thank I you. I know. I know. All that started flowing out of me this morning. I just had to let it fly. Let my Logan fly free. All right. <laughs> so that, it was, uh, you know, uh, like a total of like 67 books. That, and they amounted to nothing. Yeah, they they were bullshit. Logan is back. Who cares how? It doesn't matter. It's comic books. <laughs> He was in the adamantium, but he wasn't, and then he just like showed up on the beach. I don't fuck. Who cares? <laughs> showed up on the beach. Who cares? He just was that how it went? I don't remember. <laughs> the only resurrection I actually remember is when Jean came flying out of the ocean. <laughs> she was just like, "Hey guys, I was just swimming." That's exactly how. It I went. was just fucking with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah. All right. Just sat in this cocoon at the bottom of the ocean for five years. Yeah. Just like, man, I'm going to fucking punk these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we got uh, Uncanny X-Men and uh, Age of X-Men. Yeah. And that was fucking earlier this year. That is nuts. Yes. That is so nuts. It seems like just yesterday we had it those things. seems like it was five years ago. Does it really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Age of X-Men. Uh, there were some good books and there's some bad stuff. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, the resolution could have been stronger. Yeah. Really, it really could have. Because that sort of left on like this Nate Magneto thing. And obviously that, where is that ever going to be? Like, no. It was, it was weird. No, it's not. And, uh, yeah, Nightcrawler I wasn't crazy about. I thought it was just okay. And then after, you know, uh, Uncanny, everybody died. It was the last X-Men story. Yeah. Uh, we got Hoxpox, which is, um, you know, everybody in the universe except for me and five friends um, <laughs> thought it was the worst steaming pile of shit to come out of the X offices. And, uh, yeah, I just really, really did not enjoy uh, this time. And then... What? Really? What? Patty. Yeah. Uh, and then we got Docs. Or at least the start of it so far. You know, how, did, how far in are we? It's about, it's been almost two months I think. It's been just about two months since we started getting these books. You know, I mean, there are some people, you know, who I'm seeing, like, oh, this new direction just really isn't for me. And 
like Hox Pox, I sort of I I sort of understand where the the dislike comes from. It, it was very different. It was told in a very different way. Even though I I enjoyed it, and generally yeah, I'm going to respect other people's opinions anyway. Like it, it's fine. Everybody's got their own opinion, but. I don't completely understand the people who are saying now, you know, that this whole new direction isn't for them because to me, yeah, it's, it's different. You know, the status quo for mutant kind is different, but at the same time, like this is sort of like just other X-Men books. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, there are some that are, are great. There are some that are good. There are some that are kind of, eh. you know, there's focus on, a character over here, and then there's focus on different characters sort of over here. You know, I mean, to me, it's just kind of, you know, it's it's different. All new, all different. But it's sort of, you know, it's just like another different direction for the X-Men. Like, we've, we've seen this sort of thing in the past before. You know what I mean? Yeah, Maybe no, I'm not I... getting it out correctly, but... No, I, I, I get what you're saying, and it's not that I don't like the Doc stuff. I was just, like, so mad at Hickman for so long that... You know, like, oh, man, what if Docs is going to suck as bad yeah, as Hawks Pox? We're going to have to stop doing this podcast. I'm going to stop reading X-Men because yeah. I fucking hate it. That's something that you guys may not know because, you know, we didn't really talk about it on here before. But, I mean, if you listen to those episodes, like, Patty was giving her genuine feelings. Like, she really hated that. And we, we had a discussion about it because I, I was saying, like, I don't want patty to be miserable like if it's not fun then why the fuck are we doing it and as much as i love doing this podcast a i'm not going to do it without patty and b i'm not going to do it if patty's miserable discussing what she's fucking reading so we talked about that and i said all right so listen if you can get through Hoxpox, let's give it to the end of the year and see how docs goes you know is that is that all right and you know she she was very open to that idea and I said, listen, if you're still not sold by the end of the year, then we'll just, we'll stop doing it. Because, you know, if it's not, like, if it's not fucking fun, like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do this. We don't get, we don't get paid for this. I, I love doing it. I've always loved doing this. Um, I love sitting here and, you know, coming up with these stupid things to say and just being able to sit and shout into a microphone about my love of the X-Men. I love that there are people listening. I love that there are people who follow us on social media and we can have fun with. We've met and talked to some great people. But yeah, yeah, we, we talked about we talked about ending it. So I don't know. What do you think? What's your honest estimation of Dawn of X now? I mean, like you said, some of the books are good. Some of the books are meh. That's kind of how I feel. It's just like any other X-Men event now at this point, basically, which is fine. I just hope that they stop with the data pages as much <laughs> and i i just i get the feeling that these books aren't meant to be ongoing i don't feel like yeah. there's going to be more than one arc in any of these books the point that i really hate about them just like constantly relaunching every fucking title after like 10 issues yeah. i don't know i don't feel like they can keep going with like you know what five or six titles just ongoings all at one time i feel like it's not sustain sustainable, maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, what What do you mean by five or six titles at a time? Is that, like, too many to sustain at a time? Yeah, I feel like usually there's maybe, like, four and then, like, a Wolverine book or, like, Cyclops or whatever that, like, you know, isn't really necessary to read to get the whole X-Men perspective. Yeah, they were kind of oversaturating. Um, uh, maybe five years ago or so, we had, like... 
a handful of team books. There were like two different fucking X-Forces. There was like a Gambit solo. Uh, there might have been, I think there was a Storm solo, a Cyclops solo, a Nightcrawler solo. Yeah, yeah. Solo. There was like a lot of shit out there. And I, you bring up a really interesting point because I feel like back in the 90s, um, when things were kind of booming still, it was sustainable. There were a lot of X-Men titles. And, um, you know, I mean, the amount of readers out there, it's not as many as there as there used to be. So it, it may not be. I think you are right, though. I don't know if it's just going to be one arc for all of these, but I don't. Yeah, I don't think all of these are going to be going for the next couple of years that Hickman is sort of in charge of all this. I don't. I feel like they're going to be finite and then it's going to rotate to sort of other things. I mean, we know that there's going to be a Moira book. Um there, it's it's been mentioned, it's been known already that Leah Williams is going to be writing one of the X Men books. Vita Ayala is going to be doing another one. We don't even know what those are yet, um, you know. And we're getting the limited giant size. We're getting the limited Fantastic Four X Men. Yeah, there's a bunch of things that are that are going on, and it does kind of it does kind of stink that they're finite, but. That seems to be the way Marvel has been going. You know, I mean, we just had that interview with Rosenberg, and we both read his volume of The Punisher. That lasted, what, like 17, 18 issues? And yeah, that was, that, was like that. It. it seems like that's just what they're doing now. It's like, oh, a writer, artists maybe, or whatever, like, here's your volume, and then that's sort of it. In a way, it sort of stinks, but it's probably something we're just going to have to get used to. I thought that there was a lot of good this past decade in in X-Men, starting with Second Coming to Revolutionary Scott um, and Avengers vs. X-Men, getting Jean Grey back, the 05. I thought Bendis' run was pretty good. I know some people hate it, but I thought it was pretty good. We had, you know, a couple of really shitty parts that happened. Um, Hunt for Wolverine and X-Men Gold and Blue, but... Oh, and we had uh, All New Wolverine with Gabby. Yeah, we had All New Wolverine. Yeah. So Gabby is uh, Gabby and Jonathan. That's uh, also a good addition to this decade. Yeah, and we need to we need to see more of them. Gabby and Jonathan, twenty twenty. <laughs> There's a ticket I'm voting for. So that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and on Twitter at. Mutant Musings, what do you think of the past decade in X-Men comics? Was it a great decade, or are you excited to forget about it already? Join us for a new episode in two weeks, and until then, happy happy holidays holidays and and happy happy new New Year. year!